The message that I have for us today is called, Prepare Your Hearts. Prepare Your Hearts. And I'll be preaching from Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 4. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 4. You know, this past week, we know that George Bush just passed away. And his funeral was all over the, the TV and all over the, all these news channels. My parents, they were glued to the TV all week watching George Bush's funeral. I was able to catch a glimpse of it here and there when I was uh, working from home and just, you know, I was just able to watch it with them, but they really enjoyed just watching the funeral for George H.W. Bush. And in watching the funeral, they talked a lot about his life, a lot of the accomplishments of his life, and just hearing about his life, he is, he is a tremendous, tremendously wonderful, wonderful man with many, many accomplishments. And some of the things that he accomplished was that he served in the Navy during the World War II as a pilot. He was also a director of the CIA. He was also a vice president to Ronald Reagan. And yet, in all the accomplishments that he was able to accomplish when he was interviewed and when he was asked which accomplishment was it that he was the most proud of, and the thing that he brought up was that he was, the most, he was most proud of the fact that he was able to raise his children and that they still came home to visit him. And when I reflect upon President Bush's life, I reflect upon his relationship with his wonderful wife, Barbara. We know that they were married for 73 years. That's a long time, 73 years. I I haven't even been alive for 73 years. Many people don't even live to, uh, to that age. And yet he and his wife, they were together for 73 years. And that's a wonderful, wonderful love story. So just a wonderful, wonderful story. Many times in our generation, our day and age, uh, we, we don't really find that anymore. We don't really find that anymore. We are, you know, in the time that now that we're, we're living, oftentimes we find a lot of, you know, couples who are, are not able to commit themselves to each other. In the Hmong community, there is something that's rising in the Hmong community that really troubles my heart. It really troubles my heart. And since we have a Hmong ministry here at this church, I ask that you pray for the Hmong community also. Because in the last few years, we have many, many domestic cases in which there's murder, suicide within the Hmong community between the couples. Just this past week, we had two incidents, two, two uh, cases of murder-suicide. One in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when the husband came home and shot the wife and killed himself. One in Olivehurst, not too far from my house. A, a couple did the same thing, leaving many children behind without parents. And so the relationships that, we're, that, that we, it seems that we have nowadays are not as strong as back in the old days, when the relationship was, and the commitment was very, very strong. But as we come here into the book of Malachi, we see something here. We see something here in the book of Malachi, and we see the relationship between God and his people, the people of Judah, the people of the southern kingdom of Judah. And we know that, that they've been following God for so many years. And here in the book of Malachi, it's taken place about 100 years after they returned from the exile in Babylon. And they've came back, and they built their temple the temple that was once destroyed by the Babylonians. They built the walls, and they're worshiping, and they're doing all these things, but yet they felt so empty. And yet they felt that God's presence just wasn't with them. 
And for 2,000 years since the time of Abraham, they've been waiting for this God. They've been worshiping this God. And even though their forefathers decided to forsake God, and even though their forefathers decided to go and start worshiping pagan gods, they didn't do that. They stuck to God. They stuck to worshiping God. But the thing with them was that they were losing hope. They were losing hope. Because the Messiah is supposed to come. Because God is supposed to bless them. God is supposed to be there with them. And yet they have just returned from captivity. They've just returned from exile. And yet here they are in their own, in Jerusalem, back in Jerusalem. They've built everything. They've done all the things that God has asked them to do. And yet it seems, it seems that God is just not there with them. That God is just not there. And they, they look around and they see all these other people that, li- that lives around them. And they see that all these other people are enjoying great successes. And here they are. Here they are worshiping God. And they're not, they're not, they're not receiving any blessings. That there's nothing there. And they were just in a state of total hopelessness. And so they would become sick and tired of this relationship with God. Because they, they were no longer having any hope in God. And so they, they, they were not taking their worship seriously anymore. And we see a couple of issues. We see a couple of issues here in the book of Malachi. We see that they were doubting God's love. The people of Israel, the people of Judah, were, they were doubting God's love. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 2, that's what it shows us. They were asking, does God even love us anymore? And so they, because they have lost hope, They started to doubt God's love. They no longer took worship seriously. They saw worship as a burden to them. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 to verse 8, in Malachi chapter 1, verse 13, it shows, it says to us that worship to them became a burden. Worship to them became a burden. There's no longer something that they enjoyed doing. We also see in Malachi chapter 2, verse 7, that the, the servants of God, the priests, because they, they were living in a time of no hope, that they started becoming unfaithful to God. They started becoming unfaithful to God, and they no longer wanted to preach the message of the Scriptures anymore. They no longer wanted to teach God's words anymore, but they were just out there just you know, going through the motions. And we have to understand this We have to understand this because the book of Malachi here is the very last book of the Old Testament. And from the time in which this book was written and the time in which Malachi was prophesying to the time in which John John the Baptist stood up in the wilderness to preach about the coming of the kingdom, there was 400 years in between. And so right after this book, right after the time of Malachi, we see that God, God was silent to the people of Israel, to the people of Judah. For the people of Judah. For 400 years. Because of this relationship. This relationship. And God was just silent for 400 years. And they were just losing hope in God. They were accusing God. They were accusing God of many different things. They were accusing God that God wasn't a righteous God, that he wasn't a God 
who judge righteously. And so they were accusing him of many things. They no longer honor their families. They no longer honor marriages in their culture at that time. They had no more honor for that. They didn't care about that anymore. They also believed. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 to verse 14, we see that they also believed that it was futile to serve God. That it was totally, totally just pointless. That there's no point in it anymore. Because they have lost so much hope in God. And so they believed that it was pointless to serve God. Because as I said, as they were looking to all the people that was living around them, those people didn't serve God. They didn't care about God, and yet they were enjoying much success, much prosperity. And yet here, the people of Judah, they were serving God. They were serving God. They were serving God. And yet they were not receiving, they were not prospering. They were not prospering. And it's been a hundred years since they returned to build this temple, build this wall, and yet they were still not prospering. And so they were losing so much hope. And because they were losing so much hope, they became unfaithful in their tithe. They became unfaithful in their giving. And we see that in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 to verse 12, when God comes and God says to them, you are robbing me. You are robbing me. And that's because they have lost hope in God. This relationship that they've had with God for 2,000 years, and they, they're waiting for the Messiah, and the Messiah is not coming they don't see the Messiah. They're waiting for all these blessings, and yet they were not prospering. And they, they're just questioning themselves that is this even worth it anymore? Is this even worth it anymore? We're, we've been doing this for 2,000 years. Is it even worth it anymore? And sometimes when I think about myself, and I, I've, I've only been doing this for about 40 years, you know, and sometimes, I, sometimes when you struggle with your own faith, you often ask yourself that very same question. Is this still worth it? Is this still worth it? And yet we see the people of Judah, the people of Israel, worshiping God for 2,000 years. And finally at this point, they finally said, you know what, is it, is it worth it anymore? We have no hope. We have no hope. And yet it is in this environment. It is in this environment in which they have lost all hope. It is in this environment in which they started questioning God. They started doubting God. They started to see that, you know what, I don't even know if God is real anymore. It is in this environment, it is in this context, that God sends the prophet Malachi to them to remind them of the promise of the Son. The promise of the Son in Malachi chapter 3. Let me turn to that because I... And this is the message of Malachi to them. And this, it is in this context that God reminds them of the hope that God will give them. And he says, see, I will send my messenger. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or launder's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as the days gone by, as in former years. What a wonderful message it was. What a wonderful message it was to a nation that had no hope. 
to a nation that was doubting God. And God reminded them of the promise that he was going to send his messenger to them, to restore them, to restore them from the things that they were going through at that time. And 400 years later, God, he kept that promise, and he sent his only begotten son to his people, to restore his people. And we see here in Malachi chapter 3, we see that there's a message of two, two messengers here. Not just one, but two messengers. The first one we see, the first one we see, as we see, he says that I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. So there is the messenger who will prepare the way, who will prepare the way. And the second one is that the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. So there's two people that God is talking about here. And the first people, uh, the first person here, we know that, that God is referring to John the Baptist. And the reason why we know this is because later, because in the New Testament in Matthew, when Jesus Christ referred back to John, Jesus Christ quoted this very, very Bible verse in reference back to John. And so in Matthew chapter uh, 11, verse 1 through verse 10, this is what it says. It says, this, these are the words of Jesus Christ. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? In other words, did you go out into the desert to see this man who's simply, you know, t- telling you his opinions, simply telling you what was popular at the time? Is that, is that what you went out to see? If not, Jesus says, if not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces, Jesus said. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, Jesus says. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one whom it is written about. You see, he says, this is the one whom it is written about, and he goes on, and he quotes the Bible verse in Malachi. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. So Jesus Christ is confirming to us, confirming to us, that this message here in Malachi, in which God inspired the prophet Malachi to, to give to the people of Judah, that this is about John the Baptist. And so we know that. And John the Baptist, his purpose was to prepare the way for the people to receive Jesus Christ. And today, on the second day of Advent, this is what we need to do as a church. This is what we need to do as Christians, is that we need to join in John the Baptist to really help prepare people for Jesus Christ as we come to celebrate the birth of our Lord and our Savior. It is our job as the church, it is our job as Christians to join in this with John the Baptist in preparation and preparing people to really celebrate this holiday season, to really celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And not only are we celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, but we're also looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're here for, is to join John. As John preached about the coming of the kingdom, as John preached about the message of repentance, that's what we must do, is to prepare people by talking about these things. And we have to remember that repentance doesn't take place in our life until we have changed, until something has changed in our lives. Many times we talk about repentance in our lives, but nothing changes in our lives. And this is what repentance is all about. 
When we talk about repentance, it means something must change in our life. And this is what God is talking about when he talks about the, the, the one who will be, you know, the refiner and purifier of gold, the one who is like the launderer's soap. This is what he's talking about, God coming, God coming and changing us, transforming our lives, taking, taking away our sin. And the second person, the second person in this Bible verse is, of course, talking about Jesus Christ. And as Jesus Christ is God sent his son to us. You know, this morning when I preached this, this message, it lasted about an hour to the Hmong people. <laughs> I'll try to condense it for us. We got <laughs> a couple more minutes here. But when God sends his son, Jesus Christ, to us, it is a message of his love for us. I want us to remember that during this Christmas season, is that this is a message of God's love for us, that even when we're doubting God's love, like the people of Judah were doubting God's love, that God gave us this promise, and he acted out this promise, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to show us exactly that he really, really does love us, and he's there with us, even in time of hopelessness, that God is still here with us, and we are to love each other the same way that God loves us. God sent his son to take away our sins, to take away our sins, to allow us to be able to go and approach God again. God sends his son to teach us about worship, about worship. The people of Malachi's time, they have forgotten about how important worship was in their life. And yet, his son came to teach us about the importance of worship, the importance of worship. It says, Jesus says in John chapter 4, verse 23, says, a time is coming and it has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in truth and in spirit, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. He is seeking true worshipers. And his son came to teach us about this. His son came to teach us about the importance of ministry in the church, the importance of serving God. And Jesus Christ says, whoever serves me must follow me. In other words, if we're to serve God, we must do what Jesus did. It's not, it's not only talking about walking with Jesus Christ, but it's talking about following and doing what he did, following his example. And we see that Jesus Christ also came to teach us, teach us the truth about God's word. A lot of times as Christians, how much authority does the word of God have in our lives? And many times it doesn't have much authority in our life. I know that, be, that when I was younger, when I was still going to church, the word of God had no authority in my life, even though I was going to church. It wasn't until later on in my life that I began to see how important the word of God is in my life. David says in Psalms chapter 119, uh, verse 105, he says, the word that, or thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And so these are the things that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do for us. And so for, during this Christmas season, as we prepare ourselves for Christmas, there's a couple of things that I want us to remember, that we must join John the Baptist in helping people prepare themselves for the coming of Jesus Christ. That we must use this time to really reflect on God's love in our own personal lives. Really just reflect upon that. Reflect on the love we have for our family, the relationship we have with our family, our friends, our church, and our community. Really reflect upon that. Use this time during this Advent season as we prepare for Christmas. Use this time to repent from our own sins. What is it, what is, what is it that we're holding inside of us? What kind of sin is it that we can't let go? 
Maybe we're holding a grudge. Maybe we've done something, something wrong to, to our spouse, to our children, to our friends, whatever it is. We need to repent from it and ask God to come in and take that from us and to change our lives. If we're holding a grudge against someone, may God remove that from us. May God remove that from us. Use this time to renew our worship life. How can we become better worshipers? How can we take, how can we improve our worship life here in this church and for you personally? Also renew our commitment to serving the Lord. Also reflect upon the authority of God's word in each and every single one of our life. Today we aren't just preparing for the Christmas season, for the birth of Jesus Christ, but I want us to remember that we're also preparing ourselves for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so let us remember that today. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word today, Father. We ask that you prepare our hearts during this season as we come to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. And not only that, Father, remind us that we need to prepare our hearts for the second coming of your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we give everyone to you and we lift everyone up to you that you may be with them and you may guide them throughout their lives, Father. So we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.